Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to the Each One Reach Many Ministries program, Wonderful Words of Life, with your host, author, speaker, L. David Harris. Do you wonder how the Bible can be made to live in your experience every day? Would it make you happy if you could open your Bible and have a personal God encounter there? Well, you've tuned in to the right place, listening friends. By God's grace, the Wonderful Words of Life program will gently guide you toward your goal, a closer walk with Jesus. So, pull up a seat, pay attention, and get ready to grow in the Lord. Peace and blessings, listening friends. We know that you could have chosen to spend your time doing any number of things, but we are excited that you have chosen instead to invest some of it with us. This is L. David Harris, your host, and we have a familiar guest in the studio today, Sonia McCullum. Hello, Sonia. Hi, David. How are you? I'm well, thank you. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me again. Did I just ask you that question twice? No, I don't think so. Oh, boy. (laughs) You know how sometimes we ask how people are and forget that they actually answer. I know. Yeah. But it's it's a blessing that you're here today. And uh, yesterday, like, you know, I was talking to hubby, Derek, um, because last time we had you both on Mm -hmm. and Derek said, "Wait, are you are you actually recording like without me? And (laughs) I said, yes, you know, yeah, but we're actually going to get together another time and do a program together. So I'm thankful that you're here and we're going to go ahead and open up with prayer. Father in heaven, thank you for the opportunity that Sonia and I have to um, worship you by sharing some things through your word. Mm. And I pray, Lord, that today only your voice is heard in Jesus's name. I pray. Amen. Amen. So what are we talking about today, Sonia? Today, we're talking about women and their emotions. Okay. You said they are like, almost like you're not included. What's going on? And our emotions. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I am a woman. You know, yes. I'm a technical kind of guy. I know, here. you're right. You're right. Yeah. But this is an important um, subject because um, oftentimes people, when we don't understand ourselves, then we don't know how to relate to ourselves mm-hmm. or to other people. And mm-hmm. so it's, it's good that we're able to discuss this. Um, I see that on the top of our paper, um, it says emotion is the unique and special gift God put in us from the beginning of time. And that's yeah. important. It is. And, you know, being a therapist, I deal with emotions a lot, but mm-hmm. I never really thought of a, uh, of it a, for a while as a spiritual thing. Okay. It took a while actually into my marriage before I realized the connection between the spiritual gift 
of an emotion. Okay. And because it's been stigmatized negatively for so long, mm-hmm. most of us think of it that way. We don't connect the spiritual aspect to the emotional peace in our lives and in, and in who we are as women and men. Okay. So how are people stigmatizing it? Oh, wow. Well, we're going to get to that, okay. but it's through the emotional cycle that I like to call it. And God showed this to me a few years ago in our marriage, okay. um, my marriage to Derek and how my emotions affect him and my family. Okay. So we're going to share a little bit about, about that good as stuff. we talk a little bit more. Good stuff. Know? I'm always rushing ahead. <laughs> Let's talk about the story of Eve. Yeah. Well, you know, way back when the Bible started with the story of Adam and Eve, we, uh-huh. as we all know, and in Genesis three, we find Eve with the serpent and she's having a conversation about the fruit and of course, the Lord had already forbidden Adam and Eve from touching the fruit of the tree of life. And Eve thought or the knowledge of good and evil, knowledge of good and mm-hmm. evil. And she, as we know how the story plays out, chose to eat the fruit. Mm-hmm. Um, and because of that, the con- there were several consequences um, in Genesis three. The Lord addresses the serpent, he addresses Adam, he addresses Eve mm-hmm. with their consequences. And I was reading the Bible one day and it struck me that there were some significant things that took place in those conversations that God had mm-hmm. with the serpent, with Adam and with Eve. Okay. Well, in Genesis three fifteen, after Eve was deceived and God spoke to Eve, but he actually spoke to the serpent first. Okay. He told the serpent, because you allowed Satan to use you, mm-hmm. I will now put enmity between you and the woman. And the the scripture says, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. Okay. Now, can I just stop you right there real quick? Mm-hmm. Um, oftentimes people think that when that sort of discussion is going on, that God is speaking to Adam or Eve. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's interesting that you point out that the Lord is speaking to the serpent. Yeah. That is very true. He's speaking to the serpent directly Mm -hmm. because the the serpent had consequences too. Okay. And, you know, I always ask the question, well, if the serpent is Christ's enemy Mm. and he represents Satan and God puts these consequences on him during this time, Mm -hmm. what do we think his response is going to be for eternity? Mm -hmm. He's going to try to do the opposite. Okay. Of what God has told him will happen. Right. And ultimately the seed that God was referring to was Jesus Christ who mm-hmm. would be born through a woman. Mm-hmm. And ultimately he would be the destroyer of sin forever. Mm-hmm. So I would think that this would make the enemy really angry. Right. Wouldn't you? Yeah. Okay. Let's read a verse real quick just okay. to, to, to be able to identify the serpent as Satan. Because okay. I think sometimes we sort of fill in the blank mm-hmm. and people automatically put them together. But mm-hmm. um, let's use a tool real quick in mm-hmm. Rome, Revelation chapter 12. And I'll read verse 9 real quick um, from the King James Version of the Bible. And the great dragon was cast out. Speaking of uh, the time when the dragon was cast out of heaven. Right. That old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world, he was cast out into the earth mm. and his angels were cast out with him. And that's just one of a few verses that um, clearly point to the serpent being 
the devil himself. Good. That's a great clarification. Yeah. I'm glad you threw that in there. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, so, you, so we've got that clear. Mm-hmm. The serpent represented Satan. Mm-hmm. He was a, being a tool used. And mm-hmm. uh, this was the first time that God addressed ser- the serpent in the Bible okay. in Genesis 3.15. It was also the first time he referenced an emotion as it related to a woman. Okay. He said, I will put enmity, which means hatred. Okay. And it the the third thing that was the first time it addressed his expectations and his plan for a woman where sin was concerned. Um and of course that speaks to Jesus Christ being born of a woman to destroy sin. Okay. Ultimately. So we look at hatred and we say, Well, can hatred be a gift? You know, mm, God put hatred in the heart of a woman. Is that really an emotion that's a good thing? Okay. Well, we go to Psalms one thirty nine twenty one, and that says, "Oh Lord, do I not hate those who hate you, and am I not grieved with those who rise up against you?" Verse twenty two says, "I hate them with perfect hatred." Oh wow, that almost sounds like an oxymoron. Uh, perfect it, hatred. Yeah, yeah, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. But what I believe God wants us to understand here is that there is perfect hatred where it relates to sin. Mm-hmm. We are to hate sin right the question is what do we do if it's not perfect hatred mm. oh what does that look like not per- perfect hatred for sin well it turns into a lot of the negative emotions that we succumb to mm-hmm. many of us um un- anger okay uh envy mm. you know a lot depression mm-hmm. you know because anger you know depression is anger turned inward okay so you know you go into a whole lot of other Issues that leads me to the cycle that I like to call the cycle of the emotional of sin. Okay. And it starts with the origin, the result, the effect, and the outcome. Now that's really organized and clear like that. (laughs) You like that? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I know. You like that kind of stuff. So (laughs) I thought I'd make it nice and concise for you. (laughs) Thanks. So, you know, when you, okay, so we've got this perfect hatred that's supposed to be placed in the heart of a woman mm-hmm. every woman i believe and every man okay um but so because she I'm, almost represents the uh the sort of god's approach to our perception of sin right so she's a a, a, a representative here. that's a good way to say okay. it she's a representative okay and so imagine that we've got this perfect hatred placed in eve mm-hmm. that's supposed to be placed in all women um but actually, when you think back to the story, you know, when Eve is Eve and Adam are made to leave the garden, you know, and then, and then God addresses Eve. Actually, after he addresses the serpent, he addresses okay. Eve and gives her her consequence. He says, mm-hmm. childbearing is going to be painful for you. Right. And you will now be subject to your husband. Mm-hmm. And and some versions of the Bible say you will have sorrow. Mm-hmm. OK, so imagine now that Eve is no longer um free of sin she's now sinful right. because of her disobedience to god and how that manifests was emotionally mm. so she bears a son her first son is cain wow yeah and she bears a son who turns out to be at the end what a murderer right i suspect that some of the emotions that eve turned inside that weren't perfect hatred manifested through her birthing 
of of Cain. Yeah, let's sit there for a second. Okay. Because I think a lot of times um, people, I don't even, I'm not even going to say just ladies, mm-hmm. you know, if, if there's a, a man and wife together um, who have conceived a child, mm-hmm. then it's both of our uh um, responsibility to to sort of nurture the the emotional well-being of mm-hmm. the lady especially while she's carrying this child because there's no way to escape the consequence exactly. of not positively nurturing um the whole person actually not just emotion but certainly emotion absolutely the yeah. the physical yeah. the spiritual the emotional because we all know that it in, impacts the baby there's no question okay so then we get Cain. clearly he was impacted yeah clearly yeah um her first son is a murderer wow he murders his brother so imagine what must have been going on inside of eve mm-hmm. for this son to come out this way i'm sure being rejected from the, the garden of eden was very traumatic right um and because of that you know they experienced a lot of turmoil and stress Adam was told he's going to have to work from the sweat of his brow to mm-hmm. the day he dies and return to the dust. Wow. Um, when they were going to live forever right. before that. So that had to be hard. Right. So Eve internalized this into her son and he turns into her. So the point that I'm saying is that it stopped being perfect, the hatred, mm-hmm. and it started to become carnal mm-hmm. and of the flesh. So, the impact of Cain affects generations to this day. Right. And the tool that I, I guess the, the significant part of my point is our carnal sin impacts our families. Okay. Impacts generations for years to come. Sounds like the Ten Commandments. God mm. was really clear about the impact of disobedience on people who aren't even born yet. Mm-hmm. If we mm-hmm. um, nurture it. Right. And and don't submit it to the Lord. Right. And that, that's just awesome. I, I had to actually pause when I really understood the ramifications mm-hmm. of the responsibility of our emotions. Right. This impacts my children. This impacts my husband. Right. This impacts my children's children. Wow. What a big responsibility. Yeah. So the origin, what I believe it became the tool that the enemy continues to use Mm -hmm. is to affect us through circumstances, not so ideal circumstances in our families Mm -hmm. through generational curses, generational habits, generational sins, dysfunctional families, um, hurtful situations that we have all experienced in our lives through our families, not being so perfect. Right. You and I have discussed things like that, Mm -hmm. the impact Mm -hmm. that that has on relationships that are not even family, you know, Mm -hmm. sometimes unresolved relationship issues within the family that mm-hmm. sometimes almost always mm-hmm. impacts our relationship to our environment right the people we know or the people we just come into contact with isn't that amazing yeah yeah and so what is the result we the out the the origin is that enemy takes the, the not so good circumstances mm-hmm. the result is that we respond carnally mm-hmm. to it we think we start to think that this defines who we are right carnally so a single parent mom who's raising her child or children who had no father right. starts to think that they're not of value right? because why didn't their dad want them or any unideal circumstance that you could think of right. in our society. And they, they start to believe that and internalize that as their value system. So it's almost like um, people, ladies in this case, um, 
assimilate their circumstance to the point that they identify themselves by that circumstance. That's right. So if I was molested, and I think a lot of people were, men and women, Mm -hmm. molested by person X, Mm -hmm. then um, whore might come up Mm -hmm. in my thought process. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so now because somebody violated me, Mm -hmm. and maybe over time I began to act out in some way based on that um, unfortunate and terrible a mistreatment of who I am. Now I'm sort of identified in my own thought process as either invaluable, unimportant, um, mm-hmm. a whore, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. any number of, mm-hmm. of of negative things. Instead of it being sort of something that happened from the outside, right? But now I'm I'm that thing, right? To me, and that's the result. Yeah. So we got the origin. That's the result. Right. What's the effect? People start to treat you that way wow because if you believe it right. other people are going to believe it right and that's the effect is the part that really gave me goosebumps because what we perceive as our reality is what we share with other people mm-hmm. so if it's real to me it's going to become real to you right and people start to expect and treat you in that frame mm-hmm. so you've got men and women thinking that well women are emotional they're already our emotional mess. Mm-hmm. You know, they've a- affiliated emotions as negative right. because the majority of women have taken the poor circumstance, mm-hmm. have identified themselves with it that way. They live in it every day. They don't right. believe that they are healed or changed from it. Mm-hmm. And so now men and women expected to be emotionally unstable. Okay. So we're saying that um, it's proper to have emotion. God gave us emotion. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's improper for that emotion not to be submitted to him. Right. Because it's almost like a renegade situation where it's 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 off it's off track and it, now it's out of control mm-hmm. when it's not submitted to the Lord. So emotion is good, but mm. it has to be submitted it to the Lord. It has to be submitted to the Lord because okay. only God could change the emotion that was negative. Mm -hmm. placed in you the bad circumstances were there through choices that some people had no choice over Mm -hmm. some children were raised in homes they didn't choose that home right they didn't choose that mother that used drugs right they didn't choose that father that abandoned them they woke up one day and that was their experience yeah and so they can't change that but what can change is how they see themselves but the only like you said the only way they can is to submit that that's right to god So um, what I'm hearing, um, and I hope that the listeners are getting this, um, especially those who have been confused about their own um, emotions Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, perhaps the things that have happened to them in different um, negative situations Mm -hmm. as abuses or whatever or mistreatment by some other person Mm -hmm. that God values us. Yes. He's equipped us with uh, emotions. Yes. And he's saying, you know what? Your value is not based in thing that has happened to you yes but your value is in uh the hostility that mm-hmm. i put between you and the in the devil that's right you know i was talking to um simone my wife the other night about this um subject um we were sharing in genesis 3 and and i the thing that jumped out to me immediately um was that um God gave this hostility against sin as a gift mm-hmm. see otherwise it's it's like Okay, I'll sin and think it's okay. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. God is saying, no, I'm not going to let you continue to go from day to day and think 
that the things that um, don't please me are okay. Mm -hmm. I want you to feel uncomfortable. Why? Because if you feel uncomfortable, now you're in a place for me to begin um, sharing Mm -hmm. with you about those things. That's a great point. I mean, that actually sums up the the last point, Mm -hmm. which is the person's outcome. Mm -hmm. Because however they receive that effect, from sin Mm -hmm. is going to dictate the choices they make for their future. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's interesting. I was going to point out when you were talking about your conversation with Simone, that we were also talking about a time where there were women in a room and a gentleman walked in and he looked in the room and said, Oh, women are in there. I'm getting out. And he ran. And, you know, the (laughs) the stigma attached to women being in a room has never been a good thing. Yeah, that's unfortunate. They say it's too much estrogen in there. Oh my goodness, what's going on? You know, and they right. run. Right. And I'm thinking we have that gift of emotion that God gave us mm-hmm. to to hate sin, and yet people hate us. Right. It's, but it's, how did that happen? Where did that come from? It was from? the enemy's plan. <laughs> good. Girl. That was how he and he used the origin of sin and bad circumstances Mm -hmm. to create this domino effect. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking women should be in a room and people should be running for healing and for protection and for edification, you know, and instead they're running from us because they're thinking, Oh, there's, that's gotta be something bad about to happen with a whole bunch of women in a room. I often feel like the odd man out if, (laughs) you know, if there are a group of ladies and a group of gentlemen together, Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. you know, for whatever reason. And if the ladies are not discussing some, some, you know, sort of in-house thing, Mm -hmm. you know, I just kind of want to be around and (laughs) I'm like, how come my friends that are guys are not even, they're not even interested, you know, something, but you know, I guess I was raised mostly by ladies or I was uh, drawn Mm -hmm. because I was nurtured more, Mm -hmm. you know, I didn't have Mm -hmm. the positive male figure, but sometimes I just feel like, well, how come I'm the only guy that wants to hang around? (laughs) Maybe you understand the positive (laughs) relationship between emotions because Mm -hmm. you've experienced it from a positive perspective mm-hmm. you know so yeah. you're not afraid of it yeah most people are afraid of it because they've experienced it from a negative mm-hmm. because i have to be honest women and their emotions if it's not filtered through christ mm-hmm. it's dangerous okay it's I, yeah, deadly. I can see that I, I you can know see that. Yeah. hell has no fury like a woman scorn yeah, the bible says it okay in, some, in many <laughs> many different ways so know, i agree <laughs> out of christ we can be very dangerous which yeah. is why you know this message is so important For the women listeners, because, you know, we have to be able to take back Mm -hmm. the emotion that God gave us and give it back to Christ, Mm -hmm. have him filter it in us so that people are getting positive experiences from our emotion, not negative experiences. So our outcome ends up becoming choice related and and decision making uh, type. Uh, decisions. So we, or, or what should I, what am I saying? I'm saying the outcome becomes what some of the decisions that we make mm-hmm. and that becomes our outcome, who we marry. Right. That's important. Our career choices, mm-hmm. how we raise our children and who we expose them to, what we expose them to, who we befriend and allow in our intimate circle. All of those are outcomes from the beginning of the origin of our emotional cycle. Wow. So if I'm not feeling great about myself, never did, never thought there was any value, mm-hmm. then I that would typically manifest in who I choose to marry mm-hmm. and what I do for a living. Yeah. Because if I'm not feeling valuable, then I don't know that I have a purpose. Right. 
And so I may be living out of my purpose just because I've never believed in my value. Mm -hmm. And then you find a lot of people working eight hours, 10 hours a day, coming home, feeling unfulfilled, feeling unhappy. That's the outcome of the origin of the sinful cycle. Okay. I'd like to say that there's wonderful news about that. Okay. You know, I like good news. God gives us a redemption plan. He Mm -hmm. restores us. Right. And, you know, with this information, women and men can say to themselves, yeah, I had a bad experience. I had bad childhood. I had bad, you know, parents or parents that didn't raise me or parents that neglected me or parents that abandoned me or someone that abused me. But guess what? I'm a new creature. Right. Because I'm in Christ. Right. So I get good. I get a good new family. Isn't yes. That right? Isn't in, that in the terms family of, of God. Our relationship with the Lord. And that's good because mm-hmm. that first family, um, not saying that I want to run away from it, mm-hmm. but it sort of represents the first birth. You know, right. we don't get to choose. And, you know, the Bible says that, you know, the first birth just basically leads us to the consequences of sin, which mm-hmm. is eternal death. Yes. But when we're renewed in Christ through the second birth. Mm hmm then that means that we have the tools necessary to exist in this environment, not be so impacted by it that we um, continue to live and walk in sin. Right. But as God reveals different things about us, Mm. we are able to have the tools necessary to, to make it. And, and, and one day we get to see Jesus as he is. That is such good news. I just get excited about that. That is so awesome that God would love us so much to put a redemption plan Mm -hmm. in place. You know, and so for those that are wondering, you know, am I do I fit that? Do I fit that category where my outcome is represented by the origin of the sin in my life? If you're experiencing depression, Mm. if you're experiencing eating disorders, low Mm. self-esteem, suicidal thoughts, feelings of inadequacy, unexplained resentment toward other women, ongoing feelings of dissatisfaction, despite your accomplishments, overall feelings of despair inability to be intimate with your spouse and the list goes on and on then you're stuck in the cycle mm. but like you said god has given us the tools to live despite the circumstances we were faced with in a new redemption plan mm-hmm. so ladies and gentlemen you have the ability through christ jesus to change your circumstances mm-hmm. because of his redemption plan mm-hmm. but the, that's the final outcome that's what satan would like to keep us in He'd like to keep us depressed. He's, he'd like to keep us feeling inadequate. Mm-hmm. That's the outcome of not marrying the person you were supposed to marry or not taking the job you're supposed to take or not feeling fulfilled in your life. That's the outcome, the list that I, I stated. But it doesn't have to be that way. Mm-hmm. We can change. No, I do have hope. Um, can we backtrack a little bit mm-hmm. and talk about some of those things? Yes. Like um, depression, for instance. Okay. Um, I, I think about personally, I think about depression in two different ways. Um, one is sort of the mood, melancholy kind of feeling down mm-hmm. and, and dismal sometimes mm-hmm. um, for any number of reasons. And then I, I categorize another depression as clinical mm-hmm. where um, there's intervention needed by a professional. Yes. Um, clinician of some type. Yes. Um, sometimes medication is necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, but both of those kinds of depression um, have an extreme negative effect. Mm-hmm. Um, I've encountered many people in my experience at work. I used to do um, 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 behavioral psych mm-hmm. for four years. I, I worked in that environment, direct care, and then as a vocational counselor. And I've encountered people as friends. Right. Um, ladies most of the time now i don't know that it's 
um, mostly woman thing, but maybe <laughs> ladies are, maybe they like, they talk about it more. I don't know. But even yesterday I was speaking to a woman who said when she, if she just lets go, mm-hmm. she has morbid thoughts. Mm-hmm. You know, she just kind of feels like doing something irrational, mm-hmm. like, you know, like, like you, you, you discussed, you, you mentioned suicide a little mm-hmm. earlier mm-hmm. and I have a guy as a friend who, who, when I see him, sometimes he says, Dave, you know, please pray for me. Cause I was thinking about throwing myself out the window today. Mm-hmm. 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 You know, I'm surprised I even made it into work yeah. today. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting. I don't think it's a coincidence that it's more women that mm-hmm. that, that are dominated in that area of, mm-hmm. of depression. I think it's deliberate. I think mm. that it's the actual, you're getting the illustration of what Satan will do with emotion mm-hmm. to a woman because God gave it to us. Mm. So he reverses the impact and makes it negative mm-hmm. and tries to make it fatal so right. that we die that right. way. Right. Because right. He knows his fate yeah. is coming. So he's trying to take as many with him yeah. as he can. And I don't think it's coincidental that women have the higher number of depression cases mm-hmm. are found with women. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, actually, we actually have a friend in common. I wasn't even thinking about it when mm-hmm. I was first talking about it, mm-hmm. who, you know, she has a husband, two, two young children. Mm-hmm. And uh, one time she, she went away to a retreat center and, um, and it was a, a center that help that helps people deal with these kinds of of, of emotions mm-hmm. and um, how they relate to their environment or whatever. Mm-hmm. And she, you know, had been battling with this for years and years, and mm-hmm. she had expectations for the retreat, mm-hmm. and um, her expectations were not met, and that was a negative thing. Mm-hmm. But a little later, I was talking to her on the phone, and she was like, "You know, Dave, finally." For the first time, I am not battling with suicidal thoughts. Mm. And so I was excited about it. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. And a couple of weeks later, next thing you know, the husband's calling me, telling me that the same ladies in the hospital, she, she, you know, took herself somewhere and tried to commit suicide Mm. in a certain way. Mm. And and I was just so um, discouraged because I said, man, this woman really loves the Lord and she really wants to do what's right. And she's been struggling and battling mm-hmm. through this for many years. Mm-hmm. You know, what is what in the world is is it going to take mm. for her to get, you know, sort of uprighted, yeah. so to speak. Yeah. And so, you know, we I'd like to talk about some of that, you mm-hmm. know, just a little bit. We're not trying to solve, you know, that the question of of depression, mm-hmm. but at least give, you know, some tools for people who, who go through that ladies who go through that especially yeah it's interesting i was thinking about her while you were talking and um i was thinking about uh, the 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 crippling effect that depression has on yeah. people but i have to say um i don't know how much mo- how much time we have but i wanted to share something that i've never shared mm-hmm. and it's really interesting because after i had my second child Yes, we're actually going to come back and talk about that, Sonia, right after this break. Sounds good. If your relationship with God is not all it's cracked up to be, then pay attention. Do you feel like you're losing control? Has it been a while since your heart throbbed with passion for the things of God? When last did you enjoy His companionship? Has it become more and more difficult to focus on spiritual things? 
No Peace Within, a life in transition, promises to put the pep back in your spiritual step, a song in your heart, and a praise on your lips. Leafing through its pages, you'll be delighted to realize that the Lord is anxiously waiting with open arms to love you back into a thriving relationship with Him. It will provide the simple messages you need to reconnect with your long-lost friend, Jesus Christ. For those who are sick and tired of being sick and tired, it's just what the good doctor ordered. Available in hardcover and paperback editions by calling toll-free 866-909-2665. That's 866-909-BOOK. Or log on to our website, nopeacewithin.com. That's www.nopeacewithin.com. Get your copies today. You owe it to yourself. Countless children are dying every day for want of proper nutrition and basic care. 100,000 women each year are living in shame, abandoned by their husbands, and outcast from society because of incontinence of urine and feces caused by traumatic childbirth. Untold numbers of people are starving for the bread of life, Jesus Christ. L. David Harris, founder of Each One Reach Many Ministries, wants to make a difference and you can help. When you purchase copies of his latest book, No Peace Within, a large portion of the profit is donated to three organizations addressing these specific needs. For more information, visit www.nopeacewithin.com. That's www.nopeacewithin.com. And click the philanthropy link. Make a difference today. Make a difference for eternity. We would like to thank Christian recording artist Gilchrist Sproul for contributing background music titled Dying to Die for You from his debut CD recording, Finish Line. We are back. Thank you for joining us. This is L. David Harris, your host, and we are in the studio together with Sonia McCullum, and we are discussing um, the woman's emotional cycle. And right before our break, we were about to listen to a good story um, <laughs> that Sonia was going to help us understand um, a little bit more about depression. Well, when we went to break, your question was, how do we, what tools do we put in place right. to fight depression? Mm-hmm. You know, this thing that seems to be affecting so many women and mm-hmm. men. Mm-hmm. And um, I was going to share a story before we went to break about an experience that I had right after I had my second daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was really an unusual experience. So I didn't really share it with anyone. I did share it with my husband, but um, it, it really did take me for a loop when I experienced it because it, she Sai was about maybe three weeks old. Mm-hmm. And um, there is something called postpartum depression, which I never experienced mm-hmm. even with my first daughter. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that I experienced it with my, the baby that I had in this story. Um, I just never seemed to experience that because I have an active life and I just, for some reason, had a lot of things going on. So I never really felt the depression that comes from after you have a baby. And some women do and some women don't. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I experienced, I do believe, was very spiritual. I was uh, standing at the top of my second floor in our house mm-hmm. and um, I was looking over the balcony and I was I was holding the baby um, and As I was looking over the balcony, I heard a voice say, throw her over. Wow. And I froze. I Mm -hmm. couldn't believe that I heard that. Right. You know, because 
you know, I wouldn't think something like that. I just gave birth to my daughter. You know, this child I prayed for, for, for uh, six years, we prayed for this child. And I was so uh, uh, perplexed and just, I couldn't understand what was happening. And then I heard it again, throw her over the balcony. And I went into my room. I laid her in the bassinet. I got on my knees and I just started praying because I knew at that point Satan was attacking me. Mm-hmm. He was attacking me and my emotions. And he was trying to make me think I was crazy. Mm-hmm. And I am a mental health professional. Right. I deal with people with psychosis who mm-hmm. hear voices. Mm-hmm. And here I am hearing voices. Right. And I had to really go to God and ask him to remove that evil that was in my house. Mm-hmm. Um, I stayed on my knees for hours. Beautiful. So it sounds that. like prayer is a good start. That's the only thing I could do. Mm-hmm. It was a very devastating experience. And, you know, when I shared it with Derek, he was so traumatized by it because he couldn't believe it. But I say that to say that, you know, women and men, you you know, you're not crazy. Mm-hmm. You, the enemy is attacking us. That's right. People that are God's chosen, his children, he attacks us. Mm-hmm. And that was a spiritual attack. Right. Now, what had what what if that had happened? Right. I would have been in a loony bin. Mm. My child would have probably died and mm. my home would have been destroyed. His purpose is to destroy our homes. Mm-hmm. And it's usually through the emotions of a woman. Okay. People might have said, oh, well, she had postpartum. Mm-hmm. I would have had a trial, mm-hmm. you know, and I just you could play this whole thing out. Right. We've seen it. We've seen uh, it on so TV. many times. And I always say, wow, you know, just imagine if they had fought that spiritually, mm. you know. Now, some people tried to do that. And I know some people that have tried to fight that spiritually. Mm-hmm. Um, and the chemical imbalance is just too intense. Right. Those are the people that require medication mm-hmm. so that they can have some understanding of their thoughts again. Mm-hmm. And that's to me what the, the medication can help do that. The medication helps decrease some of the stimulation right. that takes place in their brain right. so that they can think rationally. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for those cases, I do recommend medication. But for most cases, right. I recommend prayer. Yeah. And so even in the cases of, of people who, who need, you know, those levels balanced in the brain, yeah. um, the, the, the chemical balance restored, um, even in that, the Lord, you know, has his hand. He has to be the one actively um, making that mm-hmm. therapeutic and useful. Mm-hmm. And, and so I'm just so glad that he doesn't just turn his back on people yeah, who are experiencing God. these things mm-hmm. because he loves us so much. Mm-hmm. He loves us so much. And he does. And I think, you know, one of the things that I realized, I started to look at what would happen to my family and what would happen to my um, extended family mm-hmm. if something happened to me. Yeah. And I started to value my role. Mm-hmm. Um, and this segment of our discussion, David, is very important. I really would love for women to take a minute and understand their role okay. and value their role as a woman, as a wife, as a sister as a mother, as a daughter. I would love for women to, to see the value in their role if they weren't there. Right. I just went away for a few days last week. And, you know, the great thing is that my husband is starting to understand the role of the emotional barometer, which we're going to get into in a little bit. Um, also sometimes called the emotional gatekeeper. And um, I was telling you earlier, David, that back in the Bible days, when priests were going into the temple, mm-hmm. they had gatekeepers outside of the temple 
to make sure that no one unclean entered. Okay. And I like to liken that Levitical experience in our homes. I like to see the husbands as priests of their homes. I like to see that too. And the women as the emotional gatekeepers. Not that the men are are void of the responsibility of keeping out sin, Mm -hmm. but while they are communing with the father, the husbands, Mm. the wives are praying. Mm. The wives are praying for their husbands and Mm -hmm. they're praying for their children and they're keeping the sin out so that their husbands can hear God's voice and lead the family accordingly. And I like how we have sort of a cooperation here Mm -hmm. where, um, because I think oftentimes um, in an an attempt to sort of um, make sense of the roles in marriage between husband and wife or of what of husbands and wives. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes we, we, we term the, the priest's responsibility as exclusive mm-hmm. as though mm-hmm. the lady is this sort of benign yeah. mass that yeah. kind of hangs out in the house mm-hmm. and waits for the guy to get this light from heaven and mm. then bring it. Right. Um, but it sounds like that there is um, definitely a responsibility for the priest mm-hmm. Um as a representative of Christ mm-hmm. in the home. Yes. Um, but the lady obviously has a spiritual role as well. well. Absolutely. Now imagine that, let's just say in the Levitical order, let's imagine that the priest went in mm. and the gatekeeper left. Ooh, that would be bad. Wouldn't that? Yeah, that would be really bad. Well, that's the kind of impact we have if we emotionally abandon our families. Okay. And when we emotionally abandon our families, we could be there in the house, mm-hmm. but fighting depression, yeah. fighting low self-esteem, yeah. fighting anger, fighting hatred, mm. fighting the pre- all of the things that remove us emotionally from protecting our families. Right. And that's Satan's job. He's like, I'm going to get you to not man your house emotionally. Wow. And so when I was gone for the three days, you know, we geared up, we prayed, you know, we had worship with the girls. Derek and I talked about what needs to be done while I'm gone, okay. you know, and, um, you know, he, he had me on speaker every night so that we could pray with the girls together. Good and stuff. Yeah, it has. You have to fight this spiritually. Right. This is, you know, me being gone is no small thing. And I don't think it's because I'm Sonia. I think it's because I have an emotional role that I play in the house. So God gives balance to the household. Yes. And when one person has checked out, whether mm-hmm. it be emotionally or spiritually or some other way, mm-hmm. then the balance is, is, is not there. Right. And so God put it together because, you know, and I'm thinking, you know, we did that program on marriage mm-hmm. and I was just thinking about how um, men are, are sort of the stern uh, parts of God's character, mm-hmm. at least predominantly. Right. And the ladies are the more tender, nurturing right. aspect of God's character. And so if you take one of those away, mm. see, God is complete in and of himself. That's right. But we are not. We need mm. each other mm-hmm. in some way. Mm-hmm. For those who are not married, the reason why ladies exist for men and men for women is yes, because sir. there needs to be a balance. Mm-hmm. And we see that better in a marriage situation. Right. And I'm glad you brought up for those women that are not married, this right. still applies to you. That's right. There are people that God needs you to reach emotionally mm-hmm. that may be at work, that may be at your school, mm-hmm. that may be, you know, at your church. Mm-hmm. Um, there, You are not uh, uh, exempt from the right. responsibility of this emotional gatekeeping. Right. You, God will show you who needs your emotional support. Right. Um, but he, you can't give it if you're emotionally torn down. Mm. And so women, you know, when you're in your homes or, or you're, you're hearing this message and you're saying, you know, I never really understood my role 
I want you to understand that your role is very important and that if you're feeling depressed and you're feeling unfulfilled and you're feeling um, dissatisfied with life and you're getting into that depression and that despair, Mm -hmm. that that is a spiritual attack to prevent you from doing what God needs you to do emotionally. Mm -hmm. There is somebody that needs you. Right. And this is to prevent you from helping that person, whether it be your husband, your children, your family members, your parents. It's to prevent you. It's to distract you. Yeah. So you've got to fight it spiritually and you've got to know why it's happening. It's happening so that families can be destroyed by Satan. Yeah. One of the things that I shared with uh, my friend that I referenced earlier Mm -hmm. is um, the the woman herself um, is now. I know that there are times when people are so far spent emotionally or otherwise where they um, it's very difficult to make a, a valuable contribution until, you know, the balance or a closer balance is affected. Mm-hmm. But my friend was was is still capable of of helping. Yeah. And so one of the things that I shared with her was that it would be a good idea to volunteer mm-hmm. somewhere, um, you know, and I talked to her about some of the things that she actually liked mm-hmm. Um and so in that case, it, it provides enough structure that there is structure. Yes. But not the kind of structure that people who deal with this um, usually um, fight against, mm-hmm. you know, who can't get up mm-hmm. and go to work. Yes. Or when they go to work, they, they're not really there. Right. But there's enough structure that says, well, I do need to do this sometime today. Mm-hmm. And for a short you know, short bites of time, I am getting outside of myself because mm-hmm. people who deal with depression, the walls close in right. on their lives. That's so right. to open the window and then the door mm-hmm. and then the big wall, right. get outside of self and make a contribution to someone else's life, whatever that happens to be that God's given you. I'm so glad you said that. Yeah. I mean, that is a tool. Yeah. The tool of service. Yeah. That's really what you're saying. Yeah. And when we take the attention off of ourselves, and serve others it's not the end all it doesn't mean that every day is going to be happy and bright but like you say it gives you some accountability so that you're not alone you know Derek um like my husband Derek likes to say it is not good for man or woman to be alone that's right and it's because when you're alone these demonic thoughts come into your mind Mm -hmm. if you're volunteering you're serving you're doing something you can't stay alone long right you got to get up at some point and be accountable to whatever it is you obligated yourself to. So that's an excellent point. I'm so glad you brought that up. Yeah. So we're looking at the woman's role and her emotional uh, place in the home. And how does that translate to being a helper? You know, in the garden of Eden, you know, when God made Eve, he said to eat to Adam, you know, it's not good that man be alone. I'm going to make a helper suitable for you. How does that come into play with the emotional cycle? is mm-hmm. the question. Mm-hmm. Well, what I thought it would be interesting to do is to look at the two contrasts that the Bible gives us between the kind of wife we should be and the kind of wife that most of us are struggling with in the world as we see it. Mm-hmm. Um, Song of Solomon's 510 talks about a Shulamite woman who praises her husband to others. She says, my beloved is bright and ruddy Mm -hmm. standing out around 10,000. His head is like refined gold. She talks about his locks. She talks about his eyes. She talks about his cheeks. It is clear that the Shulamite woman is into her husband. Definitely. She's singing his praises, you know, and it's unfortunate because so many times you've got marriages and you hear women talking about their husbands, but they're not saying positive things. Right. And, 
I believe that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Yeah. What you feel in your heart comes out in your mouth. There's no and question. I, and actually what you speak happens. So if I say mm. we speak things into existence, you mm. know, there, you know, you could speak things that are not as though they were. Mm-hmm. The Bible tells us that. So if I decide to speak badly about my husband, more than likely he won't be a great husband. Yeah. You start to sort of believe yourself. Mm-hmm. I start mm-hmm. to believe myself more. Let's just say I, I have an issue mm-hmm. with somebody. It doesn't even mean my husband or wife, but right. I have a problem with person X. Mm-hmm. And, and I say, you know what? Every time we get together, this negative thing happens. Mm-hmm. Well, is it really every time? First of all, and if I continue to rehearse this negative thing, then I'm starting to superimpose that right. thing on that person. Right. And so when I see them, they're an object of that thing. Exactly. And it just perpetuates the problem. And more than likely, something negative will happen. Oh, there's no question. Isn't that something? Yeah. How we have that power? Yeah. So the point that I'm making is be mindful of your words. Mm-hmm. Be mindful of what you're speaking as women, whether it's about your husband, your job, your children, mm-hmm. your families. We have the power in our in our voices to 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 bring about life or bring about death emotionally the second uh example illustration is what we don't want to aspire to be mm-hmm. and that's uh david's wife michael mm-hmm. uh second samuel 6 verse 16 says that it, and it happened as the as the ark of the lord came to the city of david michael saul's daughter looked through a window and saw king david leaping and dancing before the lord he was so happy that the ark was brought back to jerusalem and she despised him in her heart and ridiculed him for his behavior mm. and basically because of that she became barren that was the result of wow. of that of that behavior which means what now that seems extreme That's so extreme, but it's so significant because that meant that God had a problem with her behavior toward David because only God could create life. Only God could create life in a womb. There's no question. So if he decided, no, Michael, you're going to be barren for that because you behave that way. It must be significant how we treat, speak and see our husbands. Yes. So. You know, I'd like I like to use that example as what not to do. Right. <laughs> you know, so yeah. we've got the biblical examples of the Shulamite woman who's praising her husband. And then we've got Michael who didn't. And the results of that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, barren does not necessarily mean in your womb. Mm-hmm. It could mean your spiritual, you know, fruitfulness. Right. What happens in your prosperity of your home, you know, your career, your ministries, you know, it, it, you can be barren in a lot of other areas. Right. So there there's um, a lot of truth in where the Bible says that God is not mocked. What we sow, we will reap. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And it's not because he doesn't love us. Right. It's sometimes oftentimes the consequences are intended. And I might say all the time mm-hmm. that the consequences are intended for us to, to, to wake up and take take notice mm-hmm. and say, OK, I'm in this situation now, God wants to use this in some way to bring me closer to him. Right. Right. He, yeah. he will do that. And I love the fact that God has always made it clear that he loves women and men. No question. You know, he has David, who's a man after his own heart. Mm-hmm. I read about that this morning. Before yeah. I came. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. And then, you know, he has women who he cared, he cared about in the Bible. He showed that. And, yeah. and, and so for me, I see myself as value. Good. In God's eyes, and all of us should. Mm-hmm. And so, with that, I've taken a term that I like to share with the audience that's listening. 
I like to encourage the women to be, be become the emotional barometer of their home. Okay, and what I does made that mean? reference to that. Okay, what's that? Well, mean? what is a barometer? A barometer is an instrument that measures the atmospheric pressure mm-hmm. of the environment. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So now how do we liken that to our emotions? Mm-hmm. If I'm the emotional barometer, that means I am the instrument that measures the emotional atmospheric pressure in my house. Yeah. I actually um, have said to a, a, a mentor of mine, you know, I know my, you know, my wife mm-hmm. very well. I've known her for years, mm-hmm. even before we got married. Mm-hmm. And, and so I'm not saying that um, there's no room for growth in our marriage, but I assured my mentor that, yeah, if something's really not right, Mm -hmm. yeah, I promise you that Simone is going to (laughs) be, she doesn't have to say anything. Mm -hmm. She can keep it inside and not say a word, but you will know. I promise you Mm -hmm. that you will, I won't be able to contain it Mm -hmm. because she will wear that Mm -hmm. on her countenance Mm -hmm. and her person and everybody will know. And doesn't that affect you? Yeah, there's no question. Don't you feel the difference? Yeah. I mean, and I've tried it, you know, woman, I've done the, the, uh, silent treatment. Uh, thing Ooh. in the house, you know. Wow, I've where, not experienced that. Praise yeah, the Lord. I've done the silent treatment uh-huh. where you're internalizing your anger. Uh-huh. You decide I'm not going to share how angry I am. I'm just going to shut down. Mm. Oh, everybody shut down. Wow, I would just die. I, I mean, maybe I'm ex- I'm being extreme, <laughs> but that would ki- I couldn't handle that. Oh, it it, it kills Derek. Well, I'm glad that he's I still here. I had to stop using that as yeah. a tool. I mean, that's before right. I understood the role I played as the emotional barometer. Right. And you know, women say, well. We're meeting everybody's emotional needs. Who's meeting ours? Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. He says, I will meet all your needs. Yeah. And I think that's an, a misunderstanding of, you know, because ladies who say that are obviously spent and feel weak and, yeah. and need nurturing. Yeah. But, you know, it that's just not true. Meeting everybody's emotional needs because yeah. the guy could say the same thing. That's right. And so God has put all of uh, the relationships around us in place so that we can be properly filled up mm. and certainly he's the root yes certainly but yes. but you know that's i think another program we can do that's another program yeah. but we are there to support each other that's right. for that reason you know i have you you have me we have other people sharing mm-hmm. our experiences um so when you when you realize that you are the emotional barometer ladies you wake up in the morning and you assess the pressure mm-hmm. of the house the atmospheric pressure of the house that's clear i'm seeing it okay yeah so imagine i wake up in the morning david i get on my knees and i do this i actually do Mm -hmm. and i get up on my i get on my knees and i ask god to show me how to guide my family emotionally Mm -hmm. show me what they need and it's so interesting because he will impress upon me that sai may need some extra uh hug hugging so size your size the two-year-old size mm-hmm. my two-year-old and sometimes she wakes up on the wrong side of the bed and she and when that happens the day is really bad for her okay but it's interesting that god could actually show me that before i see her that morning mm-hmm. you know he'll say pay special attention to Sai, or pay special attention to derek today you know my husband trains um group homes to um deal with aggressive youth mm-hmm. and it's a very challenging job because sometimes he's dealing with 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 uh, staff that don't share the values that he shares right. and he's frustrated and so i may not even remember that he's going to that particular group home but god will say he's going to have a challenging day you know pray with him longer mm-hmm. give him some words of affirmation mm-hmm. fix him his favorite dinner mm-hmm. encourage him today call him at noon mm-hmm. all these things god 
I he's to, he's showing me how to assess the atmospheric pressure in my own house. Beautiful. I think a lot of marriages would be better off if if the ladies, because men often experience pressures mm-hmm. outside yeah. of the home mm-hmm. um, that are unspeakable, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so for an attentive woman to be in the home. Mm-hmm. You know, attentive to the voice of God and attentive to her hus- her own husband's needs yeah. is important. Yeah, it is. And we first must realize the impact that we have on each other and our mm-hmm. emotions because it goes two ways. If Derek is feeling um, emotionally detached, it affects me, mm-hmm. you know, so I can't shut down. Right. I have to I have to then maybe give the extra 80 percent. Versus what I might have given yesterday. Right. Maybe I didn't need to give 80% yesterday. Only needed to give 50 because right. he was doing all right. You right. know? And so that's the role I believe the barometer plays. Mm-hmm. They, we assess. And everybody's capable of doing it. Mm-hmm. But because the emotions are so easily attacked in women. Yeah. I'd like to say redirect re, uh, the stigma that's right. been placed on us. Right. Call it a good name. Yeah. Make it positive. Use it as a tool. So I like to use the barometer as my illustration tool for that. Beautiful. Yeah. Now, oftentimes people get emotions, especially in a Christian audience. We can, we're can we speaking to some Christians. Mm-hmm. Um, and for those who are not, I think you'll get the picture. Mm-hmm. There are often um, um, church environments. I mean, mm-hmm. worship services mm-hmm. where, where there's emotion. Mm-hmm displayed and then there's emotionalism right emotion displayed in the worship environment maybe you know uh joy is displayed by by smiling mm-hmm. even laughter for for instance mm-hmm. you know um it can be that um the lord touches us and we begin to cry mm-hmm. or we begin to sing or any number of things mm-hmm. um, where we express in that way or we become grateful yeah um yeah. emotionalism says that all of those things are what determine whether we're having an experience with God or not. Yes. So the absence of one of those things or the presence or of, of the other mm. is what sort of determines whether God is there or not. Mm. And yeah, people are worked up into a frenzy because they're trying to demonstrate that they're having an experience with God. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, in terms of, of, of ladies and our, and your emotions, um, sometimes, um, a miss, uh, apprehension of our em- your emotions mm-hmm. can drive you to emotionalism. Mm-hmm. Well, how come my heart doesn't pitter patter when mm-hmm. he comes through the door? Mm. How come you know I don't feel extremely happy yeah. when he asks me to do something and I provide that for mm. him? How come I don't feel that way? Right. And then they sort of you know get to the point where it's like, well, maybe my relationship's not genuine. Mm. But I'm God glad is you saying, pointed that you know, out. that's not the case. It's not the case. I'm glad you pointed out the difference yeah. between emotionalism and emotions. Right. And we really do have to be careful because in order to serve God, we can't get caught up in emotionalism. We've got to be able to differentiate between the two. Right. Because because I don't feel good doesn't mm-hmm. mean I'm not going to do good. That's right. That's right. And sometimes that's discipline is necessary. Right. Yeah. Sometimes I don't feel like doing the thing that I ought to do, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And so God mm-hmm. gives us the, the tools that we need in order to manage all of that. Yeah, it's it's, it's really true. And I really do believe that once we embrace mm-hmm. and understand the role that we play emotionally, it is a tool to bring others closer to the kingdom of God. There's no question. You know, the one thing that a gentleman told me is that is nothing like seeing a young woman. And seeing her again the next week and knowing that I can expect the same reaction from her. 
Mm, stability, stability, or not necessarily predictability, right? But just, just stability. Yeah, that she won't fly off the handle exactly. in some way. Okay. And I think I think so many times we underestimate the power that that has because yeah. there are people that would love to talk with you, but they can't because they don't know what mood they're going to find you in today. Yeah, what's behind door number one? Right. <laughs> How yeah. do you witness if that's your representation? Right. You know, that's kind of barring off people. Right. Because they're feeling, I don't know. I don't know if I should come and speak to her today. So yeah, I've met of, women like that. <laughs> I think we all have. Yeah. And so one of the things I encourage women to do is is ask God for that stability so mm-hmm. that you can be consistently that's able right. to disciple. Because that right. is why we're here. Right. We're here to make disciples and to be disciples. And you can't if you're emotionally unstable. That's right. Unstable. That sounds scary. Actually. <laughs> it's really yeah, but I'm so glad that God has given us so many good examples mm-hmm. of 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 women and I don't mean just in the Bible. I mean mm-hmm. we can if we're if we're receptive, we can actually um just look around yeah. and see where people are are really embracing God's best for themselves yeah. Yeah. and and acting inside of what God has given us mm-hmm. and are are good examples. Yes. And so I'd like to sh- uh, thank you, Sonia, for joining us again. Oh, you're welcome. It was and, my um, pleasure, I'm David. I'm looking forward to another opportunity. And listening, friends, we will see you another time. God bless. Thanks for tuning day. in, listening, friends. We hope our time together has brought you closer to Jesus. He's a friend who's always with you in time. He's coming back soon so you can be with him in eternity. We can't wait to be with you next time. Until then, always remember, God's words are a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.